Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching. I have a really special guest for you today. Uh, I have the CEO of Affinity Worldwide, uh, soon-to-be published author and all-around giver of information and helper. Uh, Eddie Wilson, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for, uh, for joining. Uh, I know how extremely busy you are. Uh, why don't I just give a feel for the people that don't know Affinity Worldwide, you know, kind of where you're located, what all that encompasses, and then we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah, Affinity Worldwide is just, um, it's a, a grouping of companies. The home base is in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, and we've got about 80 different companies or brands that touch Affinity Worldwide in some form or fashion. Um, the probably more well-known brands uh, that touch Affinity Worldwide would be uh, Think Realty, uh, which is a media and a web platform for real estate investors. Uh, the American Association of Private Lenders, um, National Real Estate Insurance Group, uh, Rent Facts, Loan MLS. You just kind of start going down the, the list at that point. But yeah, you can see a lot of the companies at AffinityWorldwide.com. Very cool. So I am, I've always wanted to ask someone who's clearly as successful as you, you know, 80 companies, CEO, all of that. Um, when does it strike you that you can pull together the assets and the intellectual capital and just all of that to have 80 companies under that umbrella? That's, that just feels like layers of complexity, but I'm sure it starts somewhere in that, you know, puzzle. Sure. Yeah. So I'm not the, I'm not the mastermind. I've come in uh, really to help with just a few of those. Um, uh, Mike Wren and Tim Norris were the kind of founders of that group. Uh, they got together, I think, around 10 years ago, and um, they were insurance guys uh, that the insurance company just started yielding great results. Specifically, yeah. NREG is built, National Real Estate Insurance Group is built for real estate investors. And then they just started you know, kind of amassing uh, different opportunities. Um, I came into it about two years ago. Um, and really my focus is, is primarily on the services side for real estate investors. I'm an active real estate investor myself. Um, think Realty is really my, my brand, my baby. I've, I've built it. It's been kind of my desire for this industry to give back. Um, and really the two brands that I play heavily with uh, today, uh, other than just being loosely related to a lot of them, are Think Realty and the American Association of Private Lenders. Um, so each one of our companies that are tied to, to um, Affinity Worldwide has an asset leader, a CEO or a president. Um, and so all, all the while I, you know, I, I do get the chance to play at the top, I, um, I really am focused on a, a couple of key brands. So you know, I think that focus is critical in any business. And so to be spread, if you truly were spread across 80 entities, there's no way you could be effective. And so 
Um, it's having leaders that you can trust, uh, letting those leaders do what they do best, um, so on and so forth. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It actually makes me feel better because I was starting to feel like you have found a way to, to expand the day or maybe you have a clone or something. <laughs> I was just imagining this jug no. puzzle. It was, it, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so let's break down. I things. have a lot of great people in the workforce. Too. Yeah, I'm sure. You, and, and I've heard about the team and, and you attract great people. So you should be very proud of that, Eddie. Um, I'm curious about Think Realty uh, when you sort of break that apart. And, and I'm really attracted to what you're doing as far as giving back was kind of the vision for that, that platform, that entity. Um, talk about Think Realty and, and how it's out there to serve real estate investors, because that's, you know, that's often a, a market that's not served well. Sure. Yeah, so Think Realty um, is really um, a give back from our organization back to the industry. Um, and it does serve a purpose in kind of the greater brand landscape. But um, we, you know, touching real estate investors, you know, I grew up in a family of real estate investors. So my grandfather's has rentals, my dad has rentals, I just, you know, I was in a corporate America. Um, I managed TV and radio stations, had an ad agency. And when I started exiting some of those things, you know, you just don't want to, you, you know, you want to invest that wealth. And I naturally just went into real estate investing. Um, so the problem was, is as I talked to real estate investors across the country, there was really no aggregate, you know, so you've got brands like Bigger Pockets, you have brands out there, but there was no true aggregate media source. And so to be a, um, you know, the fundamental um, pieces inside of any growing burgeoning industry is they have to have that media source that becomes that trusted, you know, industry news, you know, resource uh, reference. And so um, I looked back towards the kind of the Bloomberg model and said, how do we create something that's aggregating the industry? We believe there's about seven and a half to eight million active, intentional real estate investors in the country today. Um, and how do I get that group of people together um, and, you know, really push the, the people that are doing it well into the front of the industry um, so that people can look at the path they've created? Um, as well as talk about tips and tricks and trends that are going on across the country from a data perspective. Um, you know, we, that's, we acquired the housing news report that's now a part of Think Reality today. It's all data-driven, a data-driven publication. So that's really what we're going after. It's that Bloomberg model where we really want to be, um, it doesn't matter if you pick up Think Reality at, you know, it's in every Barnes and Noble, or if you pick it up your local RIA, you know, group, we want to play across the entire industry and make sure we're supporting it and highlighting the people that are doing well. That's great. And to have that single platform or be that aggregated or Bloomberg model makes a lot of sense because it's to, to be, you know, to be, to do that, you become the authority and then it, you know, it becomes that, a magnet for, for others to want to be a part of. Sure. So that's, that's a, that's a great model. Yeah. And we have, we, we don't really raise capital for our investments. A lot of us are real estate investors, but you know, if you know, we have a, a large real estate insurance group and so, you know, how do you speak to all the people when, you know, everybody that's a real estate investor is still a part-time engineer or a doctor or a dentist, you know, and so it really was hard. And until you could get a media source to pull them all together, no matter who they are and what they do, you know, yeah. it's really hard to say, Hey, you need this great insurance product or you need another service. So, so there was a motive behind it, and that is we've got some great services that we would love to, you know, to push into our industry as well. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I see that happening already. I do want to peel back to your kind of your story. Uh, I don't know that I've talked to a third generation real estate investor yet, right? So you said grandfather, father, yourself. Um, 
I'm curious, what did you learn from your grandfather? Do you remember walking through units with him or what, what was that relationship like? Do you remember? Um, I don't really remember much of, of the real estate in, investor journey, except for um, my father and my grandfather did it together. And ah. so they built a lot of units together. Um, and they were doing it. I remember as a kid, you know, carrying blocks for foundations or, uh, you know, standing there with a grade pole as they were digging footers or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, I remember all that. That's awesome. Growing up, you know, standing on fruit. Yeah. All, all the little odds and end jobs of picking up drywall scraps or cleaning windows or, you know, I, I grew up doing it. So in my mind, the, 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 the thing that I learned was I don't, I don't necessarily want to do the work, you know. <laughs> but I see the passive income that they're receiving because of the work that was done. So, you know, in my mind, it was like, I would rather generate capital, part capital into real estate versus growing the way that they did, you know? So they were building from ground up much of their duplexes and properties that they, that they have were, were built by them, you know? So, um, so that was kind of the, the journey that I was on, but yes. I will tell you that watching them put money into it and the return that they received, um, that when I exited the companies and had the cash to do it, it was a natural progression. Like, okay, how do I put my money into the real estate market versus the stock market or something that's more volatile? Yeah. So you saw it as a way of storing wealth uh, once you created your own little sliver of capital from your day job. I did. Yeah. Yep. So I, I kind of created it, but then I also, you know, obviously believe in the asset class because sure you've got appreciation and you've got, you know, continued, you know, wealth building. So it was a place to store, but it was also a place to grow. You know, Good point. I always felt like the, the big real estate and are the big investors who are investing in the stock market. Um, we're playing in a very volatile space. Some people made it, some people don't, you know, real estate investors, if they, if they span a period of time, almost always make it, you know? So. Yeah, that's a big key. I'm trying to get people to see is, is, if they think decades, right? I'm a buy and hold guy, right? Because sure. I had a day job and like you, I park, I, my job was to generate capital during the day and then park it in an asset that would spit off little pieces of cash and appreciate, right? That's, right. that's what I did for 15 years. And you know, now I'm trying to get people to realize that, yeah, most people can do it in 10 years or less is my belief, right? right? Hustle during the day, do your thing, uh, and then save, right? Sacrifice, a dirty word, right? Live below right. your means. All these things, right. that, you know, many Americans aren't comfortable talking about. But then you buy decades, right? I, I left the workforce at 45. And now I, you know, conservatively speaking, bought 20 years of time. What's that right. worth, right? Uh, yeah. People don't make that connection. They see the glitz and glam on social media, people stacking up $100 bills or all that flipping and wholesaling stuff. But that's just another job. And it's fake for most people, right? Right, right. it is. Uh, so I really love the idea of preaching, do your day job, build, you know, either a media company like you had, or as a sales guy, like I was live below your means and then invest. And then, yeah, over time, it'll take care of you. Right. Right. It's just it how will. the math works. Um, sure. And then the other thing that annoys me out there is the financial industry, right? Call it wall street for lack of a better term is preaching 401ks and save a little bit here and there. And then I promise you in 40 years, things will be okay. Right. You know, real estate is a proven way if you're willing to be conservative and, and don't over leverage that you can be done in less than 40 years, significantly less than 40 right. years. Would you agree? Right. Absolutely. I, um, you know, the book I just wrote, the last 20 pages is kind of the formula that I built, which is all of this. It's similar to yours. You know, I read your book uh, a month or so ago and it's, it's very good, by the way, and I've recommended it to a few people. 
I believe in that long-term growth pattern of using real estate for passive income. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the thing is, is, is it's all about, you know, it's that seed you're planting. You know, you don't get wealthy off of saving, you get wealthy off of investing. You yes. know, it's, 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 it's planting and harvesting, right? It's reaping yeah. and sowing. And so to the degree that you're willing to sacrifice and put away, it'll yield, you know, back a, 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 an exponential amount. And so, um, so I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. And the thing is, is, you know, I, I share your same concern. And, and, and a lot of the reason why we went at hard after the Think Realty brand was I felt like so many people were selling educational programs that really wasn't delivering what this industry can deliver, you know, and I don't, you know, Wall Street's a dirty word with most real estate investors. Um, for me, I've had multiple exits with Wall Street. I mean, sure. like Wall Street's now coming in, you know, and saying, how do I buy 50 units off of you? And, you know, and so, and, and for me, when it makes sense, I'll sell and then yeah. I'll turn around and reinvest right back in real estate. I mean, it's, it's like, the thing is, is Wall Street is, um, they're not, it's, it's not very um, intelligent capital. So they'll buy something that I have that's performing. I can take that same amount of capital and go back and reinvest it far better than they ever could. So, Oh, no question. Yeah. When you get in the business and you know, you're, cause you, you have to build a foundation of knowledge, right? And that's what I, you know, it makes me nervous when I talk to new investors or I speak in front of groups and they're all excited, right? They're almost vibrating with excitement. Right. And I'm like, slow down, right? How do you know what a good deal is, a great deal is versus an average or bad deal, right? So, right. You know, you've got to do your own homework. And I think relying on Absolutely. people without having your own base of knowledge to be a filter is a mistake. Sure. Uh, and I see that in what Think Realty is putting out there is, guys, learn this, you know, invest some time to protect yourself, um, right. which, is, which yeah. is admirable. Um, the nice thing is, is this industry, as it's growing, the education, the knowledge is getting cheaper and closer to the consumer, you know, no so... Um, we, we've invited a lady that um, has built her own home off of YouTube videos because she didn't have enough money for it. She was a single mother. She was supposed to be coming uh, to our Atlanta conference. And it's like, I, that's fascinating to me. Like you don't have to spend big money on, on education, but education is that foundation. You have to have it. You know, if, if not, you become that casualty like everyone else that goes, yeah, my first three deals were horrible, but it was a great education. You know, yeah, like, exactly. well, you know, don't be that guy either, you know? So. Yeah, that's, that's bad. For literally hundreds of dollars, right? Yeah. We're not even talking yeah. thousands anymore. Right, correct. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can get a great education and there's, you know, YouTube University is real, right? I, right. I still go there and I've been doing this right. a long time. So sure. um, let's talk about your book, Time, Wealth, Purpose. I, I believe sure. this is your first Give book. Yeah, look yeah, at that. Yeah, didn't show it there? Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, interesting enough, I, um, I have written four books. I've okay. never published one. Ah. Um, really because I always get to the end and, you know, you go through that process and you edit. And then I always look at it and I go, you know, this one's for me. You know, I wrote this for me. It was more about my journey. So I'll pass it on to my kids or whatever. Um, this one, Time, Wealth, Purpose, uh, was actually a much larger book. And then I've reduced it way down. Um, be, because it really is the pillars of why I built Think Realty. So I believe that there are three reasons why every real estate investor gets involved. Number one, they want time. It's what you said. You know, what's my, what, if I can exponentially increase, you know, get to retirement faster and gain 20 years, what's that worth? So it's time, obviously it's wealth. Um, I define wealth a little bit differently. I've got a lot of orphanages and nonprofits that, uh, that my family and I support and have built around the world. 
And um, so wealth to us doesn't mean a, a, a Bentley in the garage. Wealth to us is having enough to live on today without diminishing what I have tomorrow. You know, so it's that whole passive mindset. What do I need to live on today? And if I expend that resource, have I hurt myself for tomorrow? You know, so that's wealth to me. Um, and then purpose. I think that a lot of people get involved because they want time, they want wealth. But ultimately, I believe they, they want to generate purpose. And so how many people have, have come up through this industry and now are doing amazing things, revitalizing communities, building orphanages, you know, working with Habitat for Humanity, Veterans Path Up. I mean, like, there's all these great organizations that have come because of successful real estate investors. And so that's the premise of the book, um, is really to stoke this passion that for someone who is interested in real estate and investing, that you should get in it for the right reasons. Same thing you and I, that you were just saying, you know, like it's not about the HGTV and I'm going to build this beautiful house and I'm going to make millions of dollars. It's get in it for the right reason, you know, find the path that is a long-term path, not a get rich quick path. And that's the premise of the book. It's more of my philosophy of real estate investing. And it's the pillars by which I built Think Realty on. That's, that's outstanding. And, and from my perspective, those three words, time, wealth, and purpose are perfect because you get into this business probably for wealth, right? It's a sizzle. It's right. on the stake. Then yeah. you realize what you're doing is you're buying time. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you this much. If you don't have a purpose, uh, you won't have that thing to anchor on right. that will take you through the hard days and realize that this is a decade, right? If right. you're just kind of in it for the sex and sizzle, the first hiccup or downturn or eviction or whatever, you're like, I'm gone. That doesn't work. It right. is that purpose that makes sense. So congratulations yeah. for, for anchoring on those three. Um, I think it's in pre-release right now. When, when could people find it on Amazon, you think? Uh, within the next week or so, uh, first week of May. Uh, so however long that is coming up, yep. I lost track. Uh, first week of May, it'll be available on Amazon. All right. And again, uh, think wealth purpose. I'm guessing it'll be paperback and as an ebook, but that's just a guess. Yes, that's it. You got awesome. it. Very cool. I look forward to picking that one up. That, that should be a lot of fun. Um, so I'm curious now when you, when you go back to your story, right? You exit the media business. You're a third generation real estate investor. Where did you move your capital in? Was it single family homes? Was it bigger commercial apartment buildings, self-storage? What was, what yeah. was Eddie's, uh, you know, um, I, I started out, um, my father had um, a bunch of opportunities in Ohio. So I was living in Atlanta at the time. And um, he had some opportunities in Ohio. And I went back there and started buying land and building multifamily, but okay. small multifamily. So, so started out with duplex and moved up. Um, and the reason I did that was because it was an underserved community um, that that didn't have a lot of rentals. But then there was, um, it was... Uh, uh, the Neo UCOM, so the Northeastern Ohio College of Medicine, oh. um, didn't have enough housing. And so, um, so what we did was I felt like, well, you know, first of all, it, it, and to me, it's, you know, it's, I'm, I'm very analytical. So I thought, well, if I have two doors versus one to pay the mortgage that I'm going to create, yeah. you know, if I can, then I can leverage these things and keep going, you know, with the capital I have, or at least leverage them to a degree that I was comfortable with. And so we started buying lots, aggregating lots. Um, tearing down properties and building brand new units. Um, so that was my first step into it. Um, my dad had already done some of that, maybe had four or five, you know, um, uh, buildings in that general area. So he kind of paved the path for me. Um, and then I went in and just, you know, did it as much as I possibly could for a period of uh, three or four years. 
Um, and then everything beyond that has been opportunity driven. So I believe real estate's hyper local. You got to know your market. You got to know your opportunities. So um, I've, I've bounced around. I've lived in Atlanta, Chicago, you know, uh, um, you know, obviously now I have uh, the businesses in Kansas city, but I still live in Atlanta and, you know, so I'm kind of all over the place. So I can't help though, but look for every opportunity around me wherever I am. So, um, so now I've got units in Ohio. I've got units in Atlanta. I had some units in Indiana right outside of Chicago. I've got units in Kansas City. Um, last year, two years ago, I started getting heavy into multifamily and multifamily syndications. Okay. A lot of the reason was is because as I exited, um, I needed to put my capital somewhere bigger and better so yep. that I could 1031 it. Uh, 1031 exchange so I could avoid the capital gains tax. And so um, that's what kind of propelled me. And so it was, it's all been opportunity driven, you know, which I think once, like you said, once you build that base and you understand the fundamentals of it, then you're just looking for the next big opportunity and, um, and, you know, and, and making sure you're buying right. So, um, so now I'm in, I have commercial buildings, I have multifamily, big multifamily uh, uh, apartment complexes. Uh, I got into my first hotel last year uh -huh. as an investor. Um, I still haven't done uh, self-storage or anything like that, but I'm fairly traditional in my investing style. Still have the, the majority of mine is single family or small multifamily duplexes or triplexes. The next you know, biggest group is multifamily. And then I've got a couple of commercial and one hotel. So it's, like, <laughs> you know, I can't help but look at everything, but yeah. I'm still fairly traditional. Very cool. And uh, when did this, uh, when did you start in Ohio? Was that 2003, five, 12? When did um, that would be the year 2002 or 2003. Yep. Right, right in that time period. Yeah. So right around the same time we started. Yeah. So you, so you rode the wave up. I'm not sure what Ohio had, but in California where I am, right. It, from 2003 to like 2008, it was just a, you know, ex, just 30% right. appreciation or whatever it was. Then it rolled over. Did Ohio have the same kind of run up? Over or was it more flat? Sure. Um, it was, I mean, it, it was fairly flat. So we had a lot of opportunity come to, you know, up, up, in, up until like 2007, 2008. Okay. Um, the problem with 2007 and 2008 is we started slowing down for different reasons than everybody else. We were building units at that time and the construction cost um, uh, for materials went through the roof because of issues in China and lumber. Yeah. And so... So we slowed down more because we couldn't make the numbers work and I was looking for other opportunities. So um, I was kind of, uh, and, and I didn't have a lot of leverage on those newer buildings. Um, so during the downturn, I didn't really invest a lot. I kind of huh. sat on what I had. Um, and then as the downturn started to, you know, then the downturn happened and, and then, you know, there's, there's uh, uh, foreclosures everywhere where all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, I'm in on that. So then I yeah, give me some of that. Then. Yeah. And so, then a lot of my foreclosures, you know, over the past three or four years have turned into retail properties. Yeah. You know, they were pretty much just rentals back when I bought them in 2011, 2012. So then now I've kind of exited out of a lot of those, especially in Indiana. And because they turn into retail properties and not just rentals. I mean, the amount of money that I was making on the sales of these property was crazy. You couldn't pass it up. Yep. And then I was taking that capital and reinvesting it in whatever opportunity I've had over the past two or three years. So that's kind of the, the progression of where we were. Yeah. And that's, again, that's what happens, right? You invest early on, you build that foundation, then the market market cycle happens and you have right. chances to exit either a 1031 exchange or a sale from a rent, rental to an owner occupant where the spread's bigger. 
and you just have the ability to yep. adjust the portfolio. Right. Exactly. So. And that's, and that is, that's how investing should be done. You know, um, when you over leverage and you buy incorrectly, you know, yep. um, you, you are always at risk of becoming the casualty, which you've heard, you oh. know, hundreds of people talk on stages and go, I got crushed. And then I had to reinvent myself. Well, if you do it right, you know, you leave enough margin in there for the expectation of those market cycles and market corrections. And yeah. you know, obviously the recession was a much bigger dip. Um, but, you know, if you if you buy right and you don't let over leverage your properties and you got enough cash flow coming in, you know, yeah. it really doesn't hurt you. Yeah, that's 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 so nice to hear, because I've been echoing that and, and people almost push back because the the prevailing trend in a market like we're in that's been up for five years is maximum leverage. And I'm like, no, stop it. Right. Right. Just because a bank right. will loan you an 80% LTV doesn't mean you should. Right. Maybe 70 right. or yeah, 65%. Exactly. Because yeah. I saw the downturn, right? We both know people, I'm guessing, that were worth eight figures, not seven, eight, that lost everything in the crash. Right. Because they were over leveraged. Yep. They couldn't handle it. So exactly. um, I'm glad there's other people talking about being conservative and it's not just me. It, it sometimes yeah. feels lonely when people come back to me and go, well, sure. if I put too much down, then my return's terrible. I'm, well, yeah. you, could, you could survive any downturn. What do you, what do you want? So yeah. that's really cool. It, to, to me, the number I'm more interested in is not just my return. You know, I, I hear people use, you know, phrasing like ROI and stuff like that. Like I'm more interested in that kind of IRR long-term yes. return, um, you know, which is really dictated by the Delta between what I, what I, my monthly cost and what I can bring in, you know, Absolutely. so it really is that cash, that cash flow that tells the whole story. So to me, I'm not necessarily interested in, um, I mean, I'm interested, but it's not my main focus on what is my percentage rate of return on this investment. What, what I'm really concerned is, is that um, this is yielding enough cash flow after my taxes and some of my properties that I have to pay the water bill and yeah. all those things so that it gives me enough buffer that if this property goes vacant for a year that it's generating enough cash that it pays, you know, it's, I'm still fine, you know, so yeah. That's, that's kind of the, the number I look at. Being conservative is okay because, again, this is a business you should think in decades. And right. I don't know about you, but I think I feel very certain saying that we won't have unemployment below 4% forever, right? The business yes. cycle is real. It has to, it it has has to, to right? right? Yep. Or inflation's just going to go out of control. Right. So um, being conservative is okay. So uh, I am curious, Eddie, when you think about Think Realty, let's talk about, let's talk about Eddie the investor first. When you look out sure. three to five years, is, 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 is Eddie still kind of managing his portfolio and being opportunistic and 1031ing and getting bigger? Are you kind of done? What, what does Eddie the investor look like? So um, that third part of my book, the purpose side, yep. um, everything I'm building is to yield um, sustainable cash um, to all of the nonprofit that I'm building. So what I, what I invest for today has everything to, to do with what it yields for, for what I'm invested in. So the, you know, the 13, 14 orphanages that we own and operate and run, um, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not building this model that's unsustainable. I want to pair assets and, and yield to, so that as I pass it on to the next generation, it just doesn't go away, you know, right. like, um, and you can go the route of trying to amass enough capital to create a trust and stuff like that. That's just a very inefficient way, you know, if you tie it to real estate assets, the yield is much greater, which means that you can do that much more good for the world. So, um, so for me, I'm going to continue to invest heavily. Now, 
I'll invest based on the market cycle. I think we're at a period of plateau. You know, I think we're going to go, I don't think we're going to see a recession. I think we're going to go back into a normal market cycle, which is probably on the decrease. We might see a three or 4% decline, but I think it's just going to level out and see a three or 4% increase. Like I think we go back into normal market cycles here in the near future. Well, as a, a buy and hold guy, when the market dips three or four percent, that's great. I, I know how to make money that, you know, then yeah. that's where all the renters come out, you know. So um, for for me, it's when it goes up that I have a harder time making money. So um, so anyways, um, that that's kind of where I'm at for the next four or five years. I, I fully expect us to go back into a normal market, you know, seven to eight year market cycle, three percent, four percent down, three or four percent up, you know, which probably be really healthy for us right yeah, now. Um, I agree. You know, so that's kind of where I'm at. Well, let's make sure we talk about this purpose a little more. And I'm intrigued by the 13 or 14 orphanages that you own. Um, obviously, it's a passion of yours. Let's talk about that a little bit in, in a, just another way to give back in a tremendous way. Sure. Yeah, so I, um, I started a couple of nonprofits and then I'm partnered on a couple of nonprofits. I mean, the way that nonprofits work, I mean, nobody owns them, but, you know, but they, are, they are entities there. I've actually created uh, TV and radio stations around the world. I've got quite a few TV and radio stations, and we produce content for about 100 countries. Where those media sources um, aggregate people in need, we've found a lot of things. And so we'll put a center or an orphanage there um, to really help um, meet those needs. Um, usually it's generated by the media source that I own there, a TV station or radio station. Um, and then I support guys that are doing it really, really well that I partner up with. So one of the partners that I have is called Touch a Life. Well, Touch a Life, you know, we support them in a big way, uh, orphanages in Honduras and India and, you know, so on and so forth. And typically, um, I point people to, to, to John who runs that and, uh, because I'm a huge supporter of it and, and, you know, have sat on his board for years and do a lot with it. Um, so Anyways, that, that is the purpose of, of why we exist and, and what we do as a family uh, and as an organization. So even the companies that I own uh, are really built to sustain the nonprofit that I've created or nonprofits. So. That's, uh, that's tremendous. And I am curious, to, I'm guessing you always had this, you've always been the person that's given back. That's clear in my research. But when did you latch on to orphanages? Is there going to be the one focus that you would have? Was that something very early in life when you had kids or where, where did that come from? No, it came from a need. And actually, it's interesting because I actually start the whole book, Time, Wealth, and Purpose Off with the story. Awesome. Uh, but I was, in a, I was in a foreign country and saw half the kids getting fed. And then the guy running the orphanage couldn't feed the other half. He didn't have enough uh, oh. sustenance. And so you're sitting there watching these kids who couldn't be fed. And you're sitting there as an American who has everything you would ever desire going, okay, I, I can fix that need. You know, like, again, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly opportunistic. So I'm sitting there looking going, I want to help them, you know? And yeah. so I said, I said, okay, let's, let's stop this. Let you tell all those kids, we're going to feed them today. Well, we get in the truck and we're going back to buy more rice and chicken and stuff like that to take it back. And, um, and he said, you can appease your conscience by doing this one time, but I'm here every day. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to make a difference. You know, like right. at some point you have to choose the ones that, you know, you can help and you got to help them and you can't, you know, and you have to give them enough that it does help them. And so then, you know, my wife and I decided, okay, we can, we can take that on as a lifelong journey. You know, like we can, we can support that. We can meet that need. It's not just a, a fleeting moment, emotional right. moment. And then that just kept growing. And then it seemed like everywhere we went, I was in India. And, uh, I went to a leper colony uh, where our, our radio station is in India. 
and realize these kids are put into the lowest class. They have no, they can't go get a job. The government won't provide them education. And I said, well, I mean, what if we build an orphanage and do an educational center and we teach them, you know? So nice. it just, that, that's just kind of how it's, it's just like, you know, you, you get into a place where if your foundation is solid and, you know, like I, I really believe in that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like once you, you know, once your needs are met, then you can begin to help others meet needs. Well, that's the greatest part about real estate investing is if you've got enough money coming in every month to live, you begin to focus on, you know, bigger and greater problems than just, I need to, you know, I need to put more money in my 401k or I need to, you know, to have enough to retire. And so, so that's, that's kind of how it's all happened. I don't know that there was wow. some big master plan. It's just been when you, when you get this foundation we're talking about, then you can begin to live life, you yeah. know, intentionally. That's, um, that just goes to show what kind of character you have that to see that, not just appease your conscience for a day or two, right? Until you're gone, but to go, no, I'm going to yep. fix this problem long-term. So uh, very, sure. very great to hear. And it warms my heart to a lot to see. Again, real estate investing allows you to live and your family to live, but also gives you extra so you can give back as you see fit, which is, which is just huge. Right. Yeah. So, exactly. so that's what Eddie's doing, which is very admirable. Um, how about Think Realty? Where do you, where do you see evolving that platform? You know, think reality. I think our industry deserves um, deserves a platform like this. And obviously, it doesn't make money for us today. But I want people to have this kind of companion resource that that they can trust. That's not been paid for or bought by gurus and people that are intentionally trying to take advantage of them. You know, like. I, and so uh, my desire is kind of that tipping point, which is I believe two to 3 million, you know, we've got 400, 450,000 people that are actively coming to the brand today. But I think really to make a difference in this industry, you gotta hit to that two to 3 million mark. Um, and, yeah. and then I think, and then beyond that, my goal is, is once I kind of hit that tipping point, then I really wanna reach back. And every person that is sitting there watching HGTV going, I should invest. Like I almost see it as like the AARP model. Once, you know, once you turn 50, whatever, you get the card and it's like, congratulations, you're part of the club. Yeah. You know, I, I hope to, to kind of upset the entire model to say the moment that somebody watches HGTV and goes, man, I should flip a house that what we figure out what action that what trigger that is. And then they get introduced to the brand so we can say, okay, now let me tell you the real journey <laughs> about to go on, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of my, my ultimate goal is, um, you know, Bloomberg does it very well. AARP does it really well, you know, where they get to that investor early so that they can vet some of the thoughts yep. and choices they're having. It's not just throwing money to the wind. Yeah, well, you know, you've got you've to be real with people, which is what I appreciate by what you're doing. It's not all shun, sunshine, unicorns, and rainbows, right? There are, right? there are dark sides to this business. It tests you all the time. And you better come prepared to work. Um, sure. So that, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So um, as we wrap this up, how can people get a hold or, you know, learn more about you, look for the book, think, think Realty, Affinity Worldwide? How can they, how can they get a hold of you and, and track what you all sure. are doing? Sure. I mean, you can go to AffinityWorldwide.com and just kind of see all the brands. Um, but Think Realty is the one that I'm passionately involved in. I go to every one of our events. I write for the magazine. I, I, I you know, sit in and do interviews on the podcast, um, you know, the radio show. So they can interact with me primarily through Think Realty. The book will Perfect. be on thinkreality.com. Um, and that's, that's where I spend a majority of my time. 
uh, if you're a private lender looking for the industry, I spend a lot of time on the American Association of Private Lenders, which is just a give back similar to Think Realty, but in the private lending space. Um, and so I spend a lot of time over there as well. So the two brands you can see me and interact with me on are Think Realty and, uh, and AAPL, American Association of Private Lenders. Well, Eddie, thank you, thank you for again giving me your time. It was, your story is wonderful, very inspirational to think what real estate investing can do for you, your family, but also give you those extras, allow you to touch so many more lives and, and to help kids around the world is very admirable. And congratulations on your first published book. Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, have a great day. Thank and, you. And by the way, congratulations to you too on your book. It's a great book and uh, and, and we need to reciprocate this and get, you know, your book out on the Think Realty platform too. I, I would like, I would love that. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. Thank you very much, Eddie. Awesome. Yep. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.